Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And good morning, gardening friends. We do hope that you've been able to manage this past week, this heat wave and continuing. Look, the team is here and we are ready to go. When you call in today, you'll be speaking with Margaret Jacobson uh, in the chair for Bev Daring this week. And of course, John Glidden is here to assist us all. And we surely thank him for that. Our number is 94841927. And you can email us, as you know, by going to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Shout out to our Alan Simons for his reliably clever and witty dialogue, along with an enjoyable breakfast program every alternate Saturday. Uh, you can catch Alan again on Monday in mornings. He's in the chair for Peter Waltham. And thanks also to Peter Kelly for supporting Alan this morning. Th- keep keep cool, guys. It's all we can really say at the moment. And uh, also shout out to our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, for his cycling wrap-up just now. Faya Caro, what a week it has been. You and I have been busy. We gallivanted all last weekend. Paid the price by about Monday. I was pooped. Oh, you know, yes. and then the week just continues on. I know. Off we go. And the temperatures climbed. Oh. Yesterday was a little bit of a refresher, though, I it felt. It was, and I wasn't expecting that. Mm. I was I was braced for 40, and I thought, oh, yeah, it, it, it had dropped down, and I was, I think everyone was very grateful for that reprieve, and in particular, the lack of winds and things because of the fires in the Wanneroo direction. My parents live up that way and so on, and, and it's been absolutely tragic what's happened and I was grateful for that change has probably helped them get things in mm. hand under control so it's just horrific isn't it oh it really is and it's not even in theory I'm, I've got my hands up listeners and making little inverted commas it's not summer yet but yeah wow we this is a taste of what we've got ahead of us it's those god the winds, help us all. the drying winds they but are, you know evil. what Ray isn't this a lesson to keep your gardens hydrated, folks? And ourselves, yep. But, you yep. know, that zone around the house, mm. the livability. A lot of people were without power. Yeah. And wh- where can they go? You've got to be able to go outside and get some some fresh reprieve. You know, your space around your home mm. needs to be livable. We can't just live in... Tinder boxes with air conditioners on. Mm. We've got to have and maintain mm. a green space around our homes. Mm. Yeah. No, so I it's. Agree. I know it's been tough this week. You know, like managing plants with the winds, and you know I've been a bit vigilant. I've been watering my pots daily, mm. but I also put as much as I could in the shade houses. Yeah. Because. You've got that buffer from wind. Mm. You've got that bit of extra shade and the moisture hangs around. Yeah, a bit better. So that's mm. that's very helpful. And the other thing I did 
the hanging baskets of ferns, which mm. are around my house, mm. everything went down on the ground. You can barely walk around the patio. Yeah. Everything's down on the ground because mm. that is where it's cooler. And I gave an extra squirt to the bricks. Yeah. So that will help keep it cool and maintain humidity. I was going to say, and that's add another some factor that, you know, our plants like. And we'll be talking to Nikki Waters about that today. Well, we will. We've got, oh, wow, we great guests. Coming up at 20 past eight, Hannah Maloney, ABC Gardening Australia, no less. Uh, so Gardening Royalty will be joining us on the phone at 20 past eight. Uh, we She will be here next Sunday for the Kalamunda Garden Festival. That is revving up. And let's pray that that weather is kind. I've already thought ahead and thought, oh, please don't let it be a 40. Uh, so we're t- chatting with Hannah very uh, very, very soon and I was watching her last night on I, on Gardening Australia to see what she was up to and at 20 to 9 we're joined in the studio by Nikki Waters now Nikki's from Goldleaf Greenhouse and she is a specialist in uncommon and rare plants and also they run a business called Goldleaf Landscaping everything you need to know about caring for your indoor plants okay so we're talking everything from the media that your plants live in uh, through to the looking after variegated plants, which is, is can be tricky, and uh, correct watering, underwatering, overwatering. There's a lot of questions that we have, and I think your indoor garden plants, you know, do they stress in this heat as well? You know, certainly they're exposed to air conditioning and, and, and things like that as uh, too. Now, I'd just like to say that today's program is sponsored by Safety Bay Settlements, settling and transferring properties across WA since 1977. So, yes, here we are. Let's... uh hope that we get through this weekend we will get a, a reprieve by hopefully looking at the forecast in my hand let's hope it stays down in the 20s for the next week we're going to be needing that aren't we and our gardens and I can see with in my garden I can see certain things have taken a bit of a hit I fried mm. some tubes I fried those tubes oh I can't believe it I know not in the sun they dried out you know how I we know. had that busy weekend they dried out they were in shade they dried out Yes. When I'm talking about tubes, guys, you know, when you buy little tube plants, I bought half a dozen recently and I was looking after them, I swear, and they dried out. And I think I've got one that is recovered and the others, I think I've lost them all. Well, don't don't give up yet, Ray. I'm Look, I tell you what, one thing you can do is to get uh, something like a plastic Tupperware container, put some sand in the bottom, just sand, our gutless sand, people like to call it, and wet it. So that maintains some moisture and it also, for those little tube plants, encourages the roots to go down looking for that, that bed of moisture. It's one way to, to nurse your little babies. You know, when I left you on Thursday, I said, I'm going home and I didn't. I stopped in and I bought another plant what i know you well, scammer i thought you were exhausted <laughs> i was where did you go i went to the green shed for a coffee and they had on your lonesome no with oh. my plant buying buddy my oh. bunnings buddy oh, and we both got I a philodendron gloriosum i got two in the pot for yeah. 12 dollars. yeah big leaves right yeah gorgeous well i bought one for bev remember Mm, mm, I know. That's where I got They're it. They're gorgeous Couldn't plants. The price. Mm. I know, mm. and that's it. You know, I just got sucked in, and um, so that's what you bought. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Forgiven. 
Yeah. And that's no, just I sitting thought you were on going a kitchen bench. Home to rest, yes. Yeah, okay. well, I was. Mm, mm. <laughs> okay, guys, our number, 94841927. Do you want to do a couple of emails? Oh, can I tell you my news first? Oh, please, <laughs> if you have some, give it to well, us. Well, so I was resting yesterday afternoon, wandering oh, around the garden. Well, yeah. and I'm addicted by these bug hotels at the moment because the activity... John describes it as a busy airport where the A380 Airbuses come in and there's the, you know, passenger planes and whatever. It It's like JFK Airport. There's that much air traffic, <laughs> air honestly. Air traffic going yep. on around the B hotels. We've, we've got the red-eyed resin bees. Yes, they uh, are amazing. We, and they take their material from leaves. They chew it all up and they seal their nests with masticated plant resins so you get these green green walls on the bug hotels there's also little tiny uroglossine bees i also found bee flies that i think had just hatched out and they're parasitoids of bee nests Mm. so another factor there's also the gastroeruptive wasps that have got these long needle-like ovipositors for their egg laying but the news was i went round to my dilapidated bee hotels that were made up, or bug hotels, made up years ago. Are they down near your chook pens? Um, well, out the back near the shed even. Okay. Like, yep. no, the ones near the chook pens, they're active. Okay. And, yes, they've been around for a while, but these other ones were mm. just a bit ugly, bit past it. And we keep getting asked, oh, do I need to clean them out? You know, is there a risk of disease? Oh. You know, actually, the bees do that themselves. I see them go in, renovate, push out dirt or sawdust or the last inhabitant's belongings, turf them out. So I think they do their own cleaning up. I haven't seen evidence of disease. But I had this old Banksia log that had drilled holes in it and it was just sitting on an old ladder which was a bit of a display back in the day. And as I looked closer, I could see a white surface and it was all meshed into the centre. What I was trying to explain how, how you could have this opening and it's like curtains, but there's a central point. So the curtains are all the way around. Right. Anyway, I know I've seen images of it before and I know it's a, a sign of, something significant kind of only one in all of my bug hotels in around 10 years have I ever seen this so I took a couple of photos during the day and I had a visitor and I took her down and showed her and I went oh my goodness it's changed again something has gone in or out so it's active so later in the day got my glass of red wine got my camera got my phone went down there parked my phone standing up and I just left it there running on video while I went and sat down watching where these bee flies were and little mm. little tiny bees flying in in and out and I kept glancing around and then I saw something buzzing and I went oh my goodness here she is so I carefully got up and walked over and at one point I'm watching the maximum recording time on the phone is one point four five minutes and I'm counting down and I see her just come out through the curtain and we're at one minute twenty and then one minute thirty, one minute forty and the time ran out. I'm like, oh no. 
So mm-hmm. I then went to photo and I watched and I kept very still because if you upset them, then mm. they just say, oh, I'm not coming out. There's a cra- right. crazy lady out there with mm. a camera. Mm. So then it came out and I went click and I got the shot. I was like, yes. The money shot. Yep. So I was so excited. I was like trying to Facebook it and then I was <laughs> going back inside and then I had to unload my phone and I went back again and I set up and I had to wait nearly half an hour of video. But by this time I had plenty of storage space on the phone, Ray, mm. and I I got the video of her coming home to her nest. Mm. She landed on the Banksia log. She flew off, she came back, and then she went in through the curtains. And it made a perfect seal behind her. I'm just, I'm so thrilled. She, her name is Haloides. Hello. I can't even say it now. Haloides zonalis. And she is a wasp mimic bee. She's a native bee. But she looks like a wasp. She's mm. black with yellow markings. Mm. And in fact, I have a photo here that one of our listeners sent us not so long ago. I presume it is her, the bee, but it also could be the wasp that she mimics, mm. which is a paralaster wasp. Mm. And this is from Karen of Carambine. So there's every likelihood that this is a a bee mm. in Karen's garden. Wowee. Yeah. Okay. There's never it, a dull moment at your house. I know. And you would not think, like, you'd look at that and you'd go, oh, no, it's a wasp. Wasps, unfortunately, have a really bad name. But this is one of the many native bees that we have in our system. This is why I don't like people using and why insecticides. Does she, I know. And why does she mimic a wasp? Uh, because... Uh, maybe to ward off predators. Mm, mm. Um, they, yeah, they're just, there's a lot of this type of thing going on. Yeah, that people are totally unaware mm. of. Yeah, okay. So there we go. All right, I'll get one email squeezed in. Well, and then I'll just tell you um, along the same lines and then I'm done with okay. all about me. But our Gardens magazine have just put out their most recent edition and there is an article in there about native bees and I have supplied a couple of photos to for, for them, for their magazine. Uh, the blue-banded bees who are roosting and also a blue-banded bee with her long tongue down into the flowering Christmas tree, which, of course, are in bloom right, right now. now. And, and so I, if listeners wanted to see that, can they access it? Well, the Garden Club's magazine is available through Garden Clubs of Australia. So you would have to go to the website to look at that. I may be able to put up a sneaky peek. Why don't you, can you not post those pictures on the Facebook page or something? I I could, yes. And I have shared on my Facebook page um, and Native Bees of Western Australia and Insects of Perth of Western Australia. I have posted the video and the photo of what the nest looks like of this particular Okay, we shall be back shortly. It's 22 minutes after 8. You are listening to Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. On the line, we have ABC Gardening Australia presenter and author of Good Life Growing, Hannah Maloney. Good morning, Hannah. You're with Ray and Faye. How are you? 
Good morning. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. We we can see that you are a very busy lady. <laughs> yeah, happily so. Oh, that's great. Well, of course, when you're in the garden, it's not work, is it? That's so true, and it's never ending. So there's always something yeah. to do out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, so are you talking to us from your Tasmania? home garden in Tasmania today? I am. So I'm looking out on my garden. There's some warm rain falling, which is fantastic for my crops. Um, yeah, I'm still going to get out there though. I'm going to put my raincoat on and get back out there soon. Do you know what our <laughs> forecast today is, Hannah? Uh, I think it's really, really hot is what it's, I'm hearing. Yeah, 39 today and 39 tomorrow. Oh, crikey, I'm feeling for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm feeling for you next weekend, but I think we'll get this hot weather out of the way and we'll so have, yeah. have a nice day next Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Look forward to it. <laughs> Tell us about this new book that you have uh, just recently released, Good Life. Yeah. Good, Good life, life growing. growing. Mm. That's right. So it's a book on how to grow fruit and veg in any climate in Australia. And it's for any scale as well, from a backyard to a courtyard to a massive backyard or front yard or community garden. And so there's tips and tricks for everything. And it includes, of course, annuals, but all the perennials as well, including edible forest gardens, also known as food forests. And so a really big emphasis on perennial crops, not just annual crops. Yeah, and I like the fact that anywhere in Australia, because Perth is a little bit different. Yeah, and, and quite absolutely. often, yeah, we pick up books and they they sort of accommodate the eastern border, but WA's, you know, or Perth, you know, is mm. yeah a, a fairly hard climate to, yeah. to grow in. Yeah, it's such a good point because if you look at Australia as a whole, most of Australia is arid or semi-arid, mm. and I know Perth is kind of butting up against that semi-arid climate. Well, and exactly. I think we really need to kind of centre those kinds of conversations in, in, in what, what kind of country we're living in. And yeah. so uh, I was very, very determined to do that. And really, um, I've, I've had the pleasure of travelling and visiting most climates in Australia, all climates. And I remember visiting Perth and, um, and just really witnessing what you're up against. And, and, you know, there's no such thing as bad soil, I reckon. All soil is good soil. You've just got to have a certain good approach depending on what it needs. Ours has got really good drainage. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I've got, I've got the opposite problem in my place. And so, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know it's pros and cons everywhere. Absolutely. And so... Your Kalamunda Garden Festival in Sunday week, uh, you will yep. be presenting. Now, I know you're going to be talking about your book. Uh, what other mm-hmm. chats are you providing uh, on that day for our listeners? Yeah, we're doing a couple of other things. I'll be talk- doing a session called Gardening on a Budget because that explains my whole life, basically, yeah. my whole garden yeah. life, mm-hmm. and showing how we've done that in here in, in Nipaluna Hobart, but also how anyone can do that. You can kind of extract things that are relevant to your context. And then a second one I'm doing is that how to grow food anywhere, and I mean anywhere. So I'm going to be really honing in on some fun hacks that you can do on your kitchen bench or your backyard or your larger garden. So they're the two things I'll be doing. And, of course, we'll do launch my book. Yeah. And then after Kalamunda, we'll have a separate event, which is um, a Gardening Australia panel conversation with myself, Josh, beautiful Perth Josh, and um, Jane Edmondson and Costa Georgiadis. That will be amazing to have you four people be able to access you four people 
Uh, and that's happening at about 3.30, is that right? 3.30. So it's a separate event to the Kalamunda Garden Festival, but you so can you go have to, to both. Book, you've got to book, yeah, you go to both, but you've got to book to, to sit in at, you know, that forum with mm. you four people. Uh, it'd be wonderful, yeah. I think. Just one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. For well, there people. are limited spaces for that, but is you there? get to see them all at the same time in the same place. Uh, and you can ask a question. Mm. Yeah, ask us one tricky question. Love one tricky question. question, yeah. yeah. Well, our <laughs> listeners are very good at that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and your website, Good Life Permaculture, you're a strong advocate for permaculture. And I like mm. when I had a read through of it how you say be part of the solution. I like that mm. philosophy. Yeah. that's great. Permaculture is so great. A lot of us know it for its organic farming and gardening but it's so much more than that so to me it's a great design tool that you can use across any part of life and society but ultimately it's what I look at as being solution-based activism and that can be in your garden but also beyond your garden but I love gardening and farming so much because it's so much a part of the solution for the kind of world that I'm interested in helping to create for now but also for future generations. Yeah this is so Mm. true I think This week, particularly with the the weather conditions that we're experiencing, people start to think maybe they're not gardeners. But, Mm. you know, breaking through that and having a system like a food forest that that offers all all the solutions in a closed loop. You've got your deciduous trees that fall and they help protect the soil and then you've got other sensitive crops growing underneath. And, and of course, all of that feeds the forest food soil web and Correct. the critters that it supports as well. Yeah. And they're so much more resilient to climate variability, uh, extreme heat, extreme cold, all those different extremities that we're facing and told to expect more and more of in a changing yeah, climate. Yeah, and yeah. So I, think, I think in my personal garden, around 97% of my plants are perennial and I've got a 3% for my annual veggie garden. So... And that's very intentional because those yeah. roots in the ground that are undisturbed is what we're all about. Because that's long-term soil health, but long-term ecosystem health. I love that. Mm. No, I, I think that there's going forward how we have to reinvent a lot of people, certainly ourselves, what we do and how we do it. And I like, yeah. I like, I like what you stand you stand for, Hannah. How long oh, have you been um, a presenter now with ABC Gardening? Oh, I first popped on there in 2019 as a, a one-off kind of story and then kind of one thing led to another. They and I loved you, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful and so, yeah. so excited. The, uh, the Gardening Australia community nationally is just an incredible Huge, community to be yeah. part of. Like everywhere I go, I'm welcomed with open arms into people's gardens and homes and yeah. I, I feel so grateful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. Well, we like you coming into our lounge rooms every Friday evening. Aww, it's a highlight. Yeah. And I, was, <laughs> I was watching what you got up to last night as well and I know you guys feel, feel well in advance. Do you have a break over Christmas, I, I assume? Yeah, yeah, I've got a little bit more filming to do, but then there'll be a, a small break. But we hop back to it pretty quickly in January. So, yeah, okay. um, because the gardens never rest, do they? No, they they don't. don't, and gardeners <laughs> never do either. No, no, no such thing. It's so true. <laughs> so, Hannah, you fly into Perth when? I get there on Friday, and so I'll be there all weekend. So, when I'm not at Kalamunda Garden Festival, I'll be visiting friends, but mostly visiting gardens. <laughs> okay, okay. So you've got a so, bit to do. 
Yeah, like you know, um, just for pure pleasure. Like absolutely, you know, I just—it's great. I love the West Coast of Australia. I, really, it's, it, there's a lot of truth when people say West is best. I just love, love, love Western Australia. So while I'm there, I'm going to be having a, a big sticky beak in all the gardens I can because we always learn, don't we? I always learn yeah. when I see people's gardens in action. And I'll give you a tip, Hannah. The sunsets in the West are always the best. So make oh, yeah. sure you yeah, get yeah. to one of our sunsets. Yeah. A hundred percent. You folks win that hands down. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Hannah, we'll, we'll let you get back to your weekend. Thank you very much for your time this morning and good luck with the promotion of your new book, Good Life Growing. Thank now, you've you got so another much. book out that you also wrote earlier, didn't you? Yeah. What's that one yeah. called? A couple of years ago, it's called The Good Life, How to Grow a Better World. Yeah. And that book is all about climate action. So it's not a gardening book. It does okay. include a smattering of gardening, but mostly it's a, a great book about holistic climate action that anyone can do in their homes, in their communities, workplaces and beyond. So um, quite a different book, but so many similarities. You'll see the same values running through both of those. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. All right, well, I'll certainly be chasing uh, your latest book up as well myself. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday, Sunday week. I can't wait. See you there. Okay, take care. Look forward to meeting you, Hannah. Bye. Cheers for now. Bye. Isn't she a delightful lady? She is. She's so passionate and so enthusiastic. Yeah. So much energy. She's so young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Oh, honestly, we, we, can't, we can't boast that now, can we? Say <laughs> not anymore. I do wonder sometimes is that is because I feel like I'm slowing down. Is it is it age? <laughs> I well, do wonder. But we have experience on our side now, right? <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> that's true. That's true. We've got it all wrapped up. All right, we do have some calls coming through nine four eight four one nine two seven, and soon I will be giving away a seventy five dollar gift voucher you will get to go shopping but of course you must be a curtain radio member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days and if you're not a member you can certainly join uh the station to become a member is very very cost effective you get a chance to play in all the competitions and and activities that go on through the week each week and uh, just give our reception a call weekdays monday to friday Nine two double six two one two one is all you need to do, and you can easily become a member if you would like to play. Let me see. Shall we go to Forestfield, Faye? Sounds good to me. Okay, Lorraine. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Rain. Faye, how are you going? Yeah, really good. Well. Thanks, Thank Lorraine. You. Okay. My problem is I have two large, about six foot ficus. One green one, and that one is variegated. Now, the variegated one looks a bit thick, as it looks like it's got, like, somebody's gone and put a handful of soot on one side of my plant. Ah, okay. Now, what is it? That sounds like you could have had some scale and Mm -hmm. the ants have come along and then it can um, contribute to sooty mould. So Mm. have you seen evidence of ants? Well, I haven't seen ants, but it's like a sooty mole, you know, and when okay. I turn the leaf around, you can see that little black spots, like little black spots, but on the top of the leaf, it just looks like though somebody's gone and put a handful of soot on it. Okay. So it's really black, and I have to really rub it out to get it out. Yeah. So, a couple of things. How what long have your, your ficus been in pots? Uh, about two years. Okay. So, they could survive a bit longer. 
but mm-hmm. to reinvigorate them, you could take them out of the pots and move them into slightly bigger pots with okay. some, some fresh potting mix. That will certainly mm-hmm. help. I would probably yep. just mix up some dishwashing detergent, one of the earth-friendly ones, and yes. and wipe the leaves over. You could also give it a really light trim, uh, wetting agent in the soil, uh, seaweed. Yeah, I water it, you know, and I put seaweed. I water it, yeah. you know, wet the soil with the seaweed um, every like six weeks or whatever. So the, you know, it's, it's looking fine, but it's just that it looks dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. So but the green one's fine. It's right next to each other in the big pot. Yeah. So either just, trim yeah. it if it could do with a little I trim. Remove. Yeah, I can trim it. Yeah, down, yeah, just slightly trim. Yeah. And then just detergent in water. Okay, and just wipe it individually, wipe, you mean? Wipe right? it yeah. on if there's not yeah. a lot. Otherwise, spray it over and hose, yep. it, hose it off. Okay. Give yeah, it a wipe and, if it needs it. it. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but it won't kill my plant, would it? No, and no, especially not getting like, onto oh. it now. You'll get some new growth. I'd also put in some slow-release fertiliser in the top of the pot. Top of the pot, okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. You're most welcome, Lorraine. Appreciate that. Yeah, and I listen to your show every week. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you, Lorraine. Yeah, thank you. Take right. care. Bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, I think with ficus that is quite a common issue. I've had it and it seems to be cyclical as well and you move through it and it doesn't really seem to impact. But you need oh, to action. Oh, ficus are, are tough, tough as, aren't they? Tough as old boots. All right, we're in Stoneville, lovely part of the world. Christine, hello. Oh, good morning, ladies. Good morning, Christine. Yeah. I have quite a dilemma. Oh, dear. Um, well, recently my husband's been ill, so one of the neighbours organised a busy bee. Unfortunately, they were so busy, they decided to prune some plants. Oh. And one of the ones they pruned, which was this year, after six years, it was going to have a bumper crop of finger lime. And instead of being seven foot now, it is about three Oh, Christine. They chopped the top off. And not only did they chop it off, but it splintered. Oh, okay. So they didn't even do it well. It no, will it survive? I'm, I'm pretty sure it will. Um, and be grateful for the help. Because, well, I, I am yeah, I am, but I wish they'd asked. Yes, yeah, yes. we are. Uh, you know what? We've all made mistakes in other people's gardens. We have. I have, um, I have to confess. Uh, if I make them in my own, yeah. don't worry about other people's. <laughs> well, that's it. Mm. We're we're all learning, and you know this. This might be a blessing. Okay, so if well, the, I hope it survives. Yeah, I yeah. I think you'll be okay. If the ends of the branches are splintered, get sharp secateurs, clean, and go and just trim the ends. And trim just make ends. sure the plant's in in a protected spot so it's not having to suffer with these awful winds. And, um, yeah, nurture it a little bit. Well, it, it, it's, it's in... Um, it only gets morning sun. Uh, it's mostly in the... You know, it's sort of... Shaded. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. But a drink of seaweed as well will certainly help okay. on its way. And I think you'll see some new shoots very soon. And then you will have a nice compact plant and you'll you'll probably have even better fruit next year. It'll actually awesome. be good for the plant. 
you reckon? Yeah. Well, that's a <laughs> positive that's swing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's what we have to think. If you keep looking at it and thinking that it's going to die, it just might. Oh, you have to I am think, looking after it. Yeah. Mm. No, it'll, it'll come good. Don't you worry, Christine. Oh, okay. Oh, lovely. Thank you for that, ladies. You're good luck. You're Thanks, welcome. Christine. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. And let's head to South Perth. Kay, hello. Hello. Morning, Kay. How are you going? I'm well, thank you. Um, I just wanted to know, I want to grow some sage and thyme. Yes. And I don't, I'm going to grow them in one of those boxes you buy from Bunnings. But um, I want to know, do they need a lot of sun or, or just morning sun? I think you'll find the sage will take a lot of sun. Thyme got a very small leaf. It it also will take sun. But just remember in the early days is they don't have a very big root system. So, oh. yeah, be mindful while they're young and establishing. Okay. And if I've got them, I'm going to put three different herbs in this long box thing and... Um, do I need to keep them cut down or cut back fairly often or not? Well, if hopefully you're buying them to pick. So by yeah. picking and using them, you will keep the, the bushes and the plants nicely compact and that will be good for them. Oh, great. Yeah, so as, right. as soon as you buy them, you can start cutting them and using them pretty much straight away. Yes. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. I was worried about the sun because they're going to get a lot of afternoon sun where I was going to put them. Well, be careful, Kay, particularly at the moment. Mm -hmm. it, you know, the, the last few days that we've had is a struggle oh. and that's why I say while they're, they're young, hopefully the box you can move, put... Well, they would do better in morning sun. When they're established, they probably will cope with the afternoon sun, but they'd... They'd like a little bit of protection from, you know, a, a tree yeah. that's a little bit dappled, if you can. Yes, yes, yes. No, I can't, but um, I'll just put an umbrella over them. You know, those big umbrellas, that'd be all yeah. right, yep. wouldn't it? Yep. Just be mindful that those Easterlies have been terribly strong. Punishing. Mm. Yes, yes. Okay, then. Well, that was all. Thank you very much, and I love your program. Thanks, oh, thanks Kay. Kay. Right, bye. Bye. Okay, short break. When we return, we are chatting with Sandy. Curtain Radio. This is Let's Talk Gardening. We're going straight back out to the lines. We're in Serpentine. Sandy, good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you going? Really well, thank you. Great. Just a quick quick question. What can I put on um, those shield beetles that are just hammering my tomatoes? Yeah. Uh, what can you put on them? Um, reasonably non-toxic. You know, I prefer to go organic, but, you know, they're just killing the plants. Well, I would recommend you get out there and inspect them. Take a bucket of water and knock them off into soapy water. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yep. Okay. Um, as a deterrent, um, something like a seaweed, because it like a, a seaweed diluted in water and sprayed over changes 
the what they're after. So it puts them off a little bit. So it acts as a deterrent without really harming them. It tends to keep them away a bit more. Um, Would peace all do the job? Well, it can help. Absolutely, it can help. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so apart from you gone, I, I just can't think of anything that's not not really harmful. There are also predatory shield bugs out there. So we've uh, the ones you're talking about, the green vegetable yep. bugs. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And by monitoring and looking under leaves, also look out for eggs. And so by removing the eggs, you can probably break the cycle and get on top of it. Okay. So do they actually eat the leaves as well as affect the tomatoes? Or what are they actually attacking? They're sap suckers. Uh, More than the leaves, I think, they spoil the fruit. And if you go to eat, say, a cherry tomato that a shield bug's been on, you get this awful bitter taste um, because they leave a, a liquid behind. Yeah, well, it seems to stunt their growth in that as well. The, the yeah, it, some of them are known as tip wilters for that very reason. So they are sap suckers. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck. Yeah, I know they are a hard one hard. to um, mm. treat. With, and I, I don't want to recommend a, an insecticide that you spray over everything because that can be counterproductive. It can also harm the good bugs. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, no, I've been I've been dumping them into buckets and things, mm. um, and, and then squashing them because I think they can swim and get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pretty. They're survivors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, be brutal, Sandy. Okay, love, take care. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. And I'm going to give something away. It is time to go shopping. Seventy-five dollar gift voucher is up for grabs from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. And what a great time to go up to Bigger Trees. Uh, I know it looks spectacular up there. Christmas shopping, you can all mm. sorts of reasons to go up there. Not that you need an excuse. Now, they are the Frangipani Ornamental and Fruit Tree Specialists. They have exciting stock arriving every week. Heaps of colourful delights for you to see. She's got an amazing range of crepe myrtles up there that are just starting to flower as well. And not to mention, of course, frangies. Frangies is what they do, and frangies are starting to flower, and they also uh, add to their collection weekly. You'll discover those harder-to-find, rarer varieties at Bigger Trees as well. And so for big plants, and even for little plants, Bigger Trees has you covered. And yes, they do deliver across the metro area. You can browse their colourful Facebook page for updates, open Thursdays to Sundays each week, and for more details, please go to biggertrees.com.au. Here is John's question, and as I mentioned, you must be a member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. The question is, the Beatles sang, Let me take you down, because I'm going to where? Let me take you down, because I'm going to where? Nine four eight four. One nine two seven. Okay, hop to it. Seventy-five dollar gift voucher could be yours this week. Handy for Christmas. Hmm. What well, another email that we've had come in this week, Ray, is from Robin of Kingsley. Yeah, hi, and Robin. She's one of our lovely long-term listeners. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, isn't mm. it? We've got a few now, I think. So that's nice. I couldn't understand why my coreopsis plant was looking so sick until I saw these bugs, and she'd gone out in the night time with her torch the best thing to do mm, and found 
weevils. And I had said go out and have a look at night for, for things like, at the moment there are katydids out there, there's a few caterpillars, but the weevils come out at night time. And once again, the best thing you can do is sort of tap these off into a bucket of water um, and night time is the best time to find them. The, there are many, many different types of weevils out in the garden and I think they've got personality. First first of all, Ray, they're shy. So if you come up to a plant they're and you see... They're not shy at eating your plants though, Faye. <laughs> no, but if they see that you're there, they'll often tuck themselves yeah. around behind yeah, the leaf. They see you as danger. The other thing that they do is they drop to the ground and play dead. Okay. So there's a few like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, others Poor will thing. just park themselves sort of. there with their antennae up going, I'm not moving, you can't see me. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there's not really a lot that you can do to deter them, but keep your plants healthy and once again seaweed. And that helps encourage uh, resistant plants and wards of pests. But bucket of soapy water. They are also food for reptiles, frogs, etc. So yeah. part of the ecosystem. Yeah, I know, but it's hard when they're eating your plants. Like mm. it's there's got to be a line drawn in the sand somewhere, particularly with people with small gardens. I've Encouraging read that Demetrius, beneficial insects. I've read that Demetrius Earth is helpful mm -hmm. uh, around the plants for weevil issues. I know well, this because I had the Patterson Curse weevil visiting my garden, as yeah. you know, so I was trying to find a chemical-free way to deal with it. And that that can, uh, because how it works, it gets onto their exoskeleton yeah. and breaks it down, mm. uh, desiccates them, and mm. they then die. But that can also affect your good beetles, like your lady beetles, etc. Mm. Yeah. So, so what, I, do you, what do you do? You just... Well, I like to encourage the good bugs in the garden. Mm. So having plants that have an umbel, you you get insects like lacewings and praying mantis, etc. Um, that we've we've got frogs and lizards. So having a little log or a little rockery where those sorts of things can hide. Having water in your garden, birds bringing birds. So encouraging bird life and reptile life mm. helps, and it makes for a a more fun garden. And they're only attracted to certain types of plants too, aren't they? They don't eat everything. Um, mm. Well, they they're probably there. There are so many types. That, some yeah, there's are more. one for every plant. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, we're growing exotic plants when we're growing vegetables. Mm. So we're going to get exotic pests. Really so that. once you build up your ecosystem, you encourage your pollinators. You know, that's one of the best ways to go. It's a little bit counterproductive if you go and put something in there that's going to damage the good and the bad. Mm. I, I think gardeners have to decide for themselves. You yeah, can probably get a product for everything if yeah. you want to go down that, that aisle mm. at your local hardware store. Mm -hmm. It's agree. it's not really my forte and no. I don't like to encourage people doing, doing that. Doing that, no. Because we've got to look after the environment. I yeah. mean, we we build up the soil, we're gardeners, we want to look after the ecosystem, we want to look after everything that's in there. And mm. I know we want to grow our own food, and we, we can. And we have a winner. Anne of Woodwale is the winner of the $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. Good on you, Anne. 
thank you for playing with us. And the question was, the Beatles sang, let me take you down because I'm going to where? Where, Faye? Las Vegas Hilton? <laughs> Strawberry Fields. <laughs> has to be garden related. Of okay, we will be back in just a moment. Curtain Radio. We will be heading to the news at 9am. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. And our special guest that we promised this morning, Nikki Waters, has arrived from Goldleaf Greenhouse. Good day, Nikki. Good morning. Now you've got a story to tell us all. Go Um, ahead, you poor thing. Yes, I'm so sorry. I'm a little bit late. Not at all. About three minutes away from here, apparently... I don't know, my partner said it's the radiator Yeah, hose. yeah, yeah. You're so a garden right? girl, not a mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah Radiator exactly. sounds good. But um, there was smoke coming from the car, so we had to <sighs> pull over. And instead of ordering an Uber, which would have taken even longer to get here, we decided to Hoof run it. on this beautiful day. <laughs> and we are not fit people at all. <laughs> no. You look fit. Thank you. It's very deceptive. (laughs) (laughs) It's youth is on her side. Oh, (laughs) just you wait. Thank you. I'm still creaking when I stand up. Oh, oh, no. Yep, Mm. turning and coughing and suddenly... There's my neck gone for the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you poor thing. But um, <laughs> no, we, yeah, there's nothing worse if you've got an engagement like being on radio. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine that you panic, but no panic whatsoever. Get your Thank breath, you. just sit back and relax, and we're going to bombard you with a million questions. Oh, that's no, just I'm going to let you take oh, over, Ray, because you, you should go for it. All right, well, <laughs> tell us how you first became... The lady that you are, and green, green, gold leaf greenhouse. How that all came about, and how you've gained your knowledge over the years. Because you're a young girl. Thank you. That's a that's definitely a compliment to me these these days. Just reaching thirty, I'm hitting that point. That that's the compliment. Well, we're double your age. So <laughs> to put it into well. perspective. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I actually got started. Uh, purely by coincidence, received a plant gift that I completely neglected. A year later, it was still alive and I was amazed. And from then, succulents. Didn't yeah. get, didn't stay in that for too long. Swore that I would never get into leafy green type plants. I thought, why, why are people interested in those? Just get the fake ones. Uh-huh, really? And, yeah, That's very quickly saw a few mm. photos. Um, I think the first photo I saw was an aglomea um Pictum tricolor. I have one. Yes, mm. and since then you've been hooked. Absolutely hooked. Mm. And um, I started collecting just before I decided to try my hand at being a travel agent. I was a business consultant before that, mm. and COVID hit. Yeah. So perfect timing, and it I mean, changed your direction. Yes, and the universe definitely works yeah. in yeah. Mysterious, mysterious ways. ways. Yes. But I'm so thankful for it because if not for that situation I don't think I ever would have put myself into plants as much as I did and so now about five years down the track Mm -hmm. about two years ago my partner and I uh, started a landscaping business as well and we do indoor plant styling for commercial spaces and so the amount of things that we've been able to learn over the time especially seeing growing conditions in different places where you can't um, give anything artificial to to aid in the growing we've had to figure out how to troubleshoot and you know offset all these things that usually would optimize 
the growth. Yeah. So lack of light, air yes. conditioning. And, and that air conditioning is definitely such a huge one that people underestimate, even in their own homes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so you set up uh, your growing conditions for your plants. You set up a greenhouse. Yes. So we have uh, three main growing areas yeah. and each one um, less optimised, so to speak, than the the other. Okay. So, so you've got very grades of... Yes. Yeah, that's that's good. And so in the greenhouse, it's usually between uh, 60 and 75% humidity. How um, do you get that humidity? So we've got rocks all along the base of the greenhouse, which yeah. definitely does help. And we also mist in there quite often. We're just about to set up the misters um, in there, but we mist in there quite often. And the covering we have over the greenhouse, it allows the humidity to actually stay trapped in there. But then, mm. of course, you need to consider things like airflow because yeah. you will see um, deterioration. Problems. from. So how exactly. do you generate airflow in an enclosed environment? So what we've done, you can use vents, but obviously just having vents there, you're not going to have a pull and push yeah. of, of airflow. So what we've done is we've put an, a vent towards the back, one towards the front at the top, and we've got solar fans in there just because there's solar no, fans yes mm. because they're actually quite cheap um especially if you need to replace them but they're very very dur durable um and so we've just got little solar panels on the roof and the fans just run into the greenhouse and we've got one towards the top and one towards the bottom just to really circulate that airflow mm. yeah brilliant I envy you. That, that I would like a setup like that. And so the other, we're going to go to the news actually right now. We can talk about all things indoor plants and in particular, obviously, you're an Aroid girl. Yes. And uh, we encourage listeners' questions or any other gardening questions, of course, that you may have. Nikki Waters, our special guest in the studio this morning from Goldleaf Greenhouse. She is perspiring and so she can catch her <laughs> breath whilst we listen to the news. The poor girl. Okay. Nine o'clock, everyone. Mostly sunny today with a forecast of 39. Right now it's sitting on 30. The humidity is at 27%. Overnight the minimum will drop down to 21. Wind will ease tomorrow. It will be partly cloudy with a maximum of 39. And looking ahead to Monday, maximum of 32 and partly cloudy. And as from Tuesday and Wednesday, we're dropping down into the mid-20s. So a few days of reprieve, let's hope so. We need it. Okay. Let's shall we carry on? Where Please were do. we? Yes. Where were we before we were interrupted? No, we were, we were just... in the greenhouse. Yes. In the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. General indoor plant care in this weather. Okay, yeah, so it's a big one, right? When it comes to giving um, advice for plants, it's always very difficult because everybody's conditions are so yeah. they they vary so much, and also on top of that, what I would call overwatering might be just a sufficient amount of water for someone yeah. else. Yeah. Um, so not only that, we all like to grow differently. Some of us do neglect our plants a little bit more than others. Some, you know, we want more time with our plants, but it's just not realistic. And so when it comes to plant care, really what I would recommend is, first of all, starting with your substrate, say, for example, mm. picking a substrate that actually works for you and even thinking about custom mixing. Say you're, you're yeah. an overwaterer. Maybe think about adding... I am an overwaterer. Yes, and mm. sometimes that's just going to happen and unfortunately you can't 
it's too difficult to fix really mm. once you've done it. So the best thing we can try and do is prevent it rather than be in denial that, you know, you're not going to overwater things every so, now and Nikki, then. So, Nikki, just for the listeners, substrate is potting it's mix? It's potting mix yeah. or um, any kind of medium. Potting that, medium. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, yes, yeah, so adjusting things like your substrate, your potting medium, according to how you like to grow. For example, if you like to water quite a lot, Mm. much more perlite, more drainage, um, might not hurt to add extra holes into your pot as well. Mm. Um, If you like to be able to wait a little bit in between waters, just because in reality your life gets in the way. Yeah. And what we've actually done is we acclimatise our plants to require just that little bit less care, um, humidity, uh, attention, all of it. How do you do that? So we acclimatise things very slowly, and that's actually why we've got the three different yeah, grow spaces. you've got the setup to do that. Absolutely, mm. and it's so that we can, say, for example, propagate and start things out in the greenhouse and establish them nicely. But we don't want our customers going home and that plant dying because their conditions are completely different to exactly. ours. So what we do is we move it into another area with essentially no forced conditions And once it's been there for about two weeks, it Mm. goes out to the front area with even less kind of um, shade cloth, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think the mistake can be... I mean, do you have plants in your home? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Every single She looks very guilty, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. When we've got sales coming up, Reese and I actually eat dinner off of our laps because there is no service dining room table yeah that's where they're sitting yeah because you can't just sort of pick up a plant and i think this is a mistake that we all make from indoor and pop it Mm. outside no it's it's not that straightforward therein lies where you can do a fair bit of damage yes absolutely and it's not to say that you you can't eventually put that plant outside but Mm. it's just about giving it the gradual conditions wherein it it can last outside and also expecting that there is going to be a little bit of deterioration or stress from that acclimatizing but it's just expected it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong it doesn't necessarily mean Mm. that the plant is dying obviously still be attentive to Mm. burn or this or that but more than anything with general plant care the biggest thing is intuition really Mm. that's going to be the thing that helps you the most that actually um, you know optimizes the growth of your plant mm. when you're able to look at a plant and for example know that it needs more water purely because it's light not because you you water on a watering schedule or this or just that. by picking it up and yeah absolutely yeah. and that comes with practice yes it, it really really does and it's mm. such a journey but it's you know it's so fulfilling yeah. Okay. We've got a question for you anyway. So let's go to Swanview and have a chat with Jan. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Go ahead. Um, what I want to know. What I want to know is, I've got a bird cage that's rather large, but it's very hot in summer. And I heard her talking about putting little fans inside, run on solar panels. Can she tell me where I buy that sort of stuff, or where can I get it already made up, or? Absolutely. Um, yeah, that would be great to keep the birds cool. Yes. Oh, that's a very I'd good idea, actually. Fan, of course, but I mean, I'm sure I can cover the fan with wire so they can't get in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, so you can actually find them online. If you just look up um, a solar, solar panel mini fan for greenhouses, um, I think yeah. we found ours on Amazon. Um, but okay. it's but there's multiple multiple options there, and you can pick different sizes. Our fans are quite small; they're almost like the uh, little computer fans that go inside the computer. Oh, that'd be ideal, wouldn't yes. it? Yeah, yeah. Well, especially because that's protected as well for your birds. Um, but definitely worth having a look at one of those. And we've just put hooks through the holes in them, and we just hang them off of the roof or off of the side of the inside of the greenhouse. Sounds too easy, doesn't yeah. it? That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. No, not a problem. Yeah, get on to it, Jan. Yeah, Yeah, no, good on you. Yes, thank you very much for that. Thanks for your call, Jan. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And let's head down to Safety Bay. Tanya, how are you? Good morning, ladies. I'm fine, thank you. Um, I've got some tomatoes that are about three, three and a half feet high. I've been pruning them, I've staked them, and when I prune them, I prune them with clean secretaries and that sort of stuff so they don't get diseased. But now I have finding I've got something wrong with them. It starts on the leaves. It's like a brown spot, thing, like a rusty spot. Looks, I don't know, not rust, I'm not sure. And it's spreading. And I did spray one of the plants with bicarb and a bit of detergent and water. And now I'm finding the other ones are getting it as well. Now, are your leaves touching the ground, Tanya? No. No? Okay, that's good. That's very important. Um, It could be a virus. It could be burning from the spray that you've put on. I'm not not sure. No. No? No? I sprayed it after I had the problem. Okay. And I sprayed it on a nice cool day. I only did it with one plant because uh, the others didn't have it, the other three. But now the other three look as though they're starting to get it as well. And I've got lots of tomatoes on them. Okay. Well, pick off the infected leaves. Take a photo. Can you send a photo through to us? It, it could be um, a virus or a fungal, bacterial yeah. spot or fungal um, which would require a different kind of treatment mm. or an actual, yeah, process treatment to it. And okay. your yep. soil's not too wet, is it? It was actually, it was actually dry. Um, it, it was, it wasn't too wet. But then over these last hot days, I did give it an extra drink. But it's not. I don't think it is. No, okay. All right. Send us through a photo, and and I'll have a look. I'll, I'll need to sort okay. of see to determine what it might be. Yeah, okay. I'll do that now because I'll pick one. Please. Yep, okay. Thanks, Thank Tanya. You. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, and we do have a couple of free lines, 94841927. Special guest in the studio, Nikki Waters from Gold Leaf Greenhouse, and we're talking about indoor plants in particular and the care of in particular. Okay, there goes that word again. In particular, in this type of heat, uh, or any time of the year, actually, mm. it's it's we've just come through fairly coolish winter as well. And yes. there's an, when you have plants like aroids, which are all your family of araceae, which is your philodendrons and your monstera's and syngoniums, they're tropical plants, yes. warmth loving plants. How do you keep them alive in winter? So in winter, you do have quite a few plants that will go 
dormant. Sleep, sleep, yes. So, you know, like uh, your bulb type plants, caladium, alocasia. Ah, uh, yes. Um, bulb or corum, sorry, I should say. Mm. But it is possible to actually keep your plants awake and thriving all through winter. Obviously, this will require things like um, warmth, uh, using heat mats, that kind of thing, because obviously running some kind of heaters, you'll have to then add in extra humidity to offset the the dryness. Um, but, yeah, we pull out our heat mats during winter. Uh, lighting. Mm. Grow lights. Can, yes, can also be supplemented during winter. Say it's quite dark. And once again, this is more for indoor, yeah. indoor kind of growing. But, yes, grow lights absolutely can help to... Mm. Um, to substitute that kind of the environment that they yes. truly to add should extra be light, in. yes, yeah. absolutely to suit their growing conditions. Yeah. All right. Okay, we're heading Sawyer's Valley. Karen, good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I have a question for Nikki. Um, I had a, a lot, lots of lovely house plants in here, sansevierias and all sorts, and. Um, I had to get. I had to take them all back outside on the patio because the fungus gnats drove me crazy. They were just, uh, you know, I got those little sticky things to put in the pots, and they got full of gnats. And yeah, so how do you control them? Okay, so with fungus gnats, this is usually an indication of having quite wet potting medium or soil. Um, what we personally do, we make up our own potting mix and especially because we put plants into you know, office buildings and that we, we can't have gnats flying around. So what we actually do is we reduce the amount of soil, actual soil in our potting mixture so that it's mostly made up of um, different types of orchid barks, core, peat, uh, charcoal, that kind of thing. Um, by reducing the amount of soil, you're giving them less less of a place to hide in, breed, that kind of thing. The Another thing that can help is actually bottom watering plants. So sitting them in a saucer and bottom watering, <laughs> so that actually keeps the topsoil dry, um, which means they tend not to want to breed in there. If you'd like um, a solution f uh, with your pre-existing conditions, I'd recommend, um, I think it's dichotomous... Diatomaceous earth. Thank you. Thank you so much. Only only seen that word read, uh, <laughs> just written, not read out loud. Um, but yes, that diatomaceous. Diatomaceous. Yeah. There we go. I'm just going to stop trying. But yes. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 have got, I have got that um, diatomaceous earth, actually. I've got a big bag full of that. So I, I, I never thought about sprinkling that around. Absolutely. Apparently, just a bit of a sprinkle over um, the top in each pot, apparently that's enough to to do the trick and also cinnamon oh, yes fabulous. cinnamon cinnamon is another yeah. easy recipe and then you've got yeah, i tried that and it didn't work. as well <laughs> no it didn't work okay. for me no <laughs> must be the wrong sort of cinnamon um, <laughs> yeah all right well i'll try that thank you very much that's very helpful not a problem good luck thanks thank Karen. You. cheers for that bye-bye do you like self-watering pots mm. do you use them because lots of aroid growers do yes um it, for me, I do not personally use them, okay. but that's because I, I'm very unorganized when it comes to watering, yeah. and so 
if I had a self-watering pot, I would probably be more likely to accidentally overwater. Give it more water. Yes, Mm. and people say, you know, the plant only takes up as much as it It needs. needs. That's, I mean, no. Mm. No, if you, that's not what's happening. It's taking up more than it needs, and not only that, it's now getting used to sitting in very, very wet feet type conditions. And that's not to say that your plant's not going to survive and thrive, Mm. but it just now means that this plant will now require that high level of watering Mm. for the duration of its life unless you acclimatise it back. What are your thoughts on growing in Lekka? Personally, I haven't grown too much in Lekka, though I have seen incredible results i do understand Mm. a lot of the theory and practice behind it um if it wasn't for having to prepare the lecker because you do have to clean it wash it yes if it wasn't for that whole process i probably would try or Mm. use it a lot more due to the amount of plants we do have Mm. but for listeners who don't know what lecker mm. is it stands for light expanded clay aggregate so your um hydroponic Clay balls, basically, yes. expanded mm. clay. Lightweight, porous. Absolutely. And with with those, because there is no nutrients yeah, in the lecker. Yeah, you have to add Yes, everything. usually those, um, they sit in a reservoir and there's a lot of changing out of water and Every flushing. Every couple of weeks, and, yeah. Yes, so it's a lot more interactive. It's a lot... Intensive yes, care. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay, got you. Okay, so your preference is to make up your own mixes yes Uh, make up my own mixes um even fertilizers and feeds i like to make a little potion of things do you yes okay what do you like we'd like to hear about that (laughs) so i'm using things like uh, the gt range is absolutely use it fantastic um using things like um you know like the little extras the silica Yes, got that. Helping, um, which helps the plant to actually uptake more nutrients, mm. I believe. Mm. Um, things like, so we use hydrogen peroxide. We do water with hydrogen peroxide every now and then, especially if it's a newly planted cutting or why, something. Why is that? Explain um, to the listeners. We find hydrogen peroxide uh, has great antibacterial type um, or antidisinfectant it's disinfectant type mm. properties. Mm. Um, and so when, for example, say you're propagating and you like to propagate in water, it really helps. It adds oxygen when mm. it hits the water, it actually add, adds mm. oxygen. And that obviously helps with the root growth. But not only that, it prevents the risk of root rot or bacteria that can then decline the the cutting and force it not to grow yeah okay we'll talk about root rot on the other Mm. side of this and don't forget listeners we're taking your calls 94841927 and your emails gardening at curtainfm.com.au back shortly 23 minutes after nine george minoldi will be joining you at 10 a.m with the classic 60 special guest in the studio this morning nikki waters from the gold leaf greenhouse and we are talking indoor plants and everything around that actually what i think i'll do whilst i have a moment is i'm going to give away a 75 dollar gift voucher Compliments of Paul and Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. in Middle Swan. You must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. And Green Life Soil Co. are not just another soil yard. Delivering a greener garden is their motto. And they currently have 
In stock a great range of organically grown veggies, herbs, medicinal and bush tucker and flower seedlings, including some of those harder to find ones. Check out the Green Life Soil Co. monthly newsletter because it has heaps of timely information. A garden guide of what to do is, is what it's all about and it's free. You just register online to become a member and by going to greenlifesoil.com.au, greenlifesoil.com.au and whilst you're there, recommend you have a good read through of that website because there is some fantastic information on it. Now we recommend you browse their Facebook page as well for updates. They are open Monday to Saturday of each week. Here is your chance to win your $75 voucher to go shopping at Green Life Soil Co. And don't forget the winner to be. Tell us what you do with it. We do like to hear what our listeners get up to. Here's John's question for you. True or false? Scribbly gums are so named because of the marks left by moth larva tunnelling under the bark. Scribbly gums are so named because of the marks left by moth larva tunnelling under the bark. Is that true or is that false? Give Margaret a call now on 94841927. Okay. Got some pictures happening here. Oh, you've got the tomato. Well, no, this is another one, but this has come from Wayne of Williton. And he has a problem with the first tomato crop of the year. A self-seeded plant came up in the rose garden. All fruit have been eaten out in the centre and also note small hole damage to leaves. Well, there are different tomato grubs and they're the larva of moths quite often that burrow into the fruit. Some of them, even at the point of flowering, it can happen. Um, so the the best way to do this is after your fruit is set to put a, a barrier over it nets fruit fly netting over the plant and allowing them to develop and monitor them for you know dots for eggs uh, and keep them out that way that's probably Mm. the best recommendation a control type growing environment with the use of do you grow veggies i don't really i don't have the uh consistent yeah it's not your ability to to keep looking after vegetables. As well as everything else, because you're a working girl, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so your days are long. Absol- absolutely, and I like I love having all these different projects on the go and everything, but... Because um, you're also, you do some other work too. I do. I Aside from the landscaping, I, do, I still do business consulting, but I also DJ a little bit. That's amazing. So yes. where do you do that? Um, weddings or I do I do weddings um, music festivals uh, clubs a couple of venues wow yeah wow you certainly mix it up a bit absolutely it's just uh, any excuse not to be stuck doing one thing Okay. Variety yeah. is the spice of life, Absolutely. is it not? Yes. All right. A Jill of all trades. Yes, you certainly are. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us about root rot, a very uh, common issue in our plants, yes. indoor plants particularly. And so root rot, generally, when it comes to our indoor plants, it's usually because of overwatering. There are, there are lots of other factors, and also the overwatering can be broken down into further things like you know, breeding bacteria or fungus Mm. or that kind of thing. But essentially root rot um, is broken down into fungal or bacterial. Uh, Mushy roots will Mm. usually be the sign of it once you pull it out of the pot. But before that, you will see it in the leaves. The leaves kind of, 
they'll show spots of darker brown, but the leaves where the brown spots are, it'll be almost softer. Yeah. Rather than, you know, crispy where you assume you see brown, maybe it's brown. No, it's it's probably rot. And so mm. once you see this, that's the best time to Action. act. Because the quicker you act, yeah. the more likelihood you have of actually saving it. What can you do? So um, say uh, if it smells foul, if it has like a off yeah. odour to it, mm. that's actually a bacterial um, rot. Mm. And so what you can do is remove your plant uh, out of the pot, give it a bit of a clean. You definitely don't want to use that soil again. Mm. Um, and... I would recommend a wash with either, you know, like a mancozeb or some kind of fos acid systemic. Fos acid, something like anti-rot? Yes, yes. And um, an overnight soak would absolutely help once you've removed any rotting roots because that obviously still has the fungus or bacteria on it. it. Mm. So cutting back into fresh roots. Yes. Yes, and don't be scared to do this, even with, um, you know, aerial roots that overgrow monsteras and that kind of thing. Never be afraid to cut those roots back because they will mm. regenerate at the ends. Mm. Yeah, no, most definitely. Okay, let's go to Yokine. We're talking about a mango tree. Roma, how are you? Good morning, how are you? Good, yeah, good thank thanks, you. Roma. Yes, I rang last week, but I got cut off while I was saying hello to you. I got cut off. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes, we did. There was a call that we we lost somehow. We yeah. went to the phone and nobody was there. Oh, well, that's we couldn't, right, actually. We couldn't hear anything. No one was answering the phone, correct. I was saying hello, hello, but no oh, one. We, there you go. we couldn't hear anything. Mm. No, let's check Okay, anyway. all right, go ahead. I've got a problem with my mango tree. The leaves um, have got these big... Um, Albany red marks on them, and also some of the leaves have like a silvery covering on the leaf. A silvery covering. I've never had. I've never ever had before. This is the first year. I was wondering what it is. Is it like a webbing? No, no. It's in the actual leaf. All right. And are these? Um appearing on the new leaves or the older leaves? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it may be the older leaves. Okay. I would be less concerned if it's on the older leaves. If you've got new growth coming and it looks fine and healthy, it it may be a hangover from winter conditions. And it may, you know, when the tree puts on new growth that is healthy... Mm. It, it's current growth, so it tells us that there's no problem. So that's what you need to look for. Mm. So you've got no idea what it can be because the trees are old, but it's never, ever happened before, and it's all over the tree. All right. Are you able to send us some photos, please, Roma? Mm, I don't think that's possible. Okay. Is it, without seeing it, what you describe yeah. could could actually be a variety of things. Uh, it could be a deficiency, it could be uh, fungal or bacterial, it could be environmental where because of, for example, hail happened, we we got a bout of hail probably only... Oh, yes. No, it's, 
It's not that. It's not hail at all. It just seems to be growing in the veins of the tree, of the leaf. What are you feeding the tree with? Uh, not a lot, actually, at the moment. All right. So potential... What should I put? There could be a deficiency. Um, if the tree is dried out, it could be signs of stress. But No, it's not dried out. Okay. It's watered. All right. Well, what I would feed it, I would always give it a slow-release slow controlled fertiliser for flowering and fruiting plants. You need to keep right. the moisture up to it. You can yes. add manures, you can add compost, you can add clay. Uh, all these things will help build up your soil and feed the plants. But the complete fertiliser has both the, the macronutrients and the main nutrients that the tree needs and that that's how we kind of rule out deficiencies unless there's a ph problem uh and right. topping it off with a good mulch giving it deep watering so the soil doesn't dry out keeping it yeah, well hydrated that. so that the tree is able to produce fruit but really if you can't send a photo maybe taking a sample of the leaves to a local nursery and a qualified horticulturalist should be able to look at the the leaves, and work out advise. whether they're right. old or new, and that right. is how we determine the answer to your problem. And how could I send a photo if it's possible? Uh, do you have a phone? Uh, no, but my daughter could do okay. it. So sending it to gardening at curtain fm.com.au Curtain What I'm going to do Roma is I'm going to put you back to Margaret and she can give you yes. the gardening uh, email and uh, if your daughter can attach the photo to that email uh, then we will receive it but I'll put you back to Margaret and she can give you all the details Okay Thank and there's you. another little problem I've got with the roses there's a lot of yellow leaves happening on there and um, black spot Okay. It's uh, fungal maybe. Well, it, it could be fungal. Mm. It could be, you know, a lot of plants this week. Going into shock. Yes. Yeah. They, seen, yeah. Hibiscus, seen, you know, mm, anything that may leaves. have dried out. Mm. And unless you increased your watering mm. to counter the, the drying winds that mm. we've had, a lot of plants mm. will be going into shock. Yes. Yellow leaves, older leaves, and they will drop off. Yeah. Yes, so that's, that's quite happening. normal. If it's black spot, uh, I just recommend watering in the morning. Black spot is re related to uh, fungal but wet conditions. Mm -hmm. So definitely water in the morning, allowing the plant yes. to dry out. Even a rose Yes, spray. I do that. What can I spray it with, though? Uh, spray there are sprays them. available for, for black, black spot mm -hmm. and specifically for roses. So your hardware stores will, will do that. Don't and do I that. would recommend... When you go there, uh, yep. take your leaf sample as well. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Thanks Good luck with Roma. Roma. I'm putting thanks you back so to much. Margaret. Okay, thanks, Roma. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay, let's go to Moranga up. Dave, thanks for waiting. Oh, that's okay. No worries. Good morning, all. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, look, I just I came in at the tail end of where your guest was talking about propagating in water. It's my favourite um, way of propagating. It's so simple and, and quick and easy. But yes. 
she said she added something which provided oxygen and prevented yeah. root rot, and I missed what that was. Yes. But you were able to... Um, so what what it is, it's a hydrogen peroxide. Um, yep. It's available at the chemist, pharmacy, Woolworths, um, at, I think it's th- between 3 and 6%. Mm. Um, I, I believe for the 3 and 6%, you do use substantially more, but otherwise, uh, GT actually have um, Oxy Plus, which is the hydrogen peroxide, and I believe it's 50%. Um, and that requires usually one drop into, say, a litre and a half, um, one, two drops in there, and then you can yep. use that water for rooting your cuttings because that, that's absolutely yep. our preferred way of rooting as well. And yeah, once, yeah, we've, right. once we learnt this little hydrogen peroxide uh, tip, the the acceleration of rooting is just insane. Fantastic. And I can also use the leftover to give myself some blonde tips. <laughs> yes, absolutely, <laughs> Dave. Um, and just for people who don't know, GT stands for Growth Technology. Technologies, yes. And sorry. that's mm-hmm. a, a, available at hydroponic shops. Yes. Yeah, okay. Beautiful. Okay, thank you very Good much. Good luck, no, Dave. No thank you. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. And, okay, I do have a prize winner for the Green Life Soil Co. voucher, Maria of Middle Swan. That's a familiar name. Maria, congratulations. That gift voucher is on its way to you this week. Our question was, true or false, scribbly gums are so named because of the marks left by moth lava tunnelling under the bark. The answer was true. Okay, we are in Averley. Good morning, Jan. How's it going? Yes, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I just wanted to ask um, your visitor... When you buy your um, indoor plants from different places, I find them they're coming in a, a medium that's not like a soil. It's yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, yes. Jan. Yeah. yeah, so that, yeah. Um, what is it? It's that peat. Koya. It's horrible. Mm. Yes. Mm. Um, so when, when it comes to actually growing plants from, say, tube stock or that kind of thing, um, it's a lot easier to get them to establish with a lot more solid base, which is why you find a lot of those plants have peat bases um, or mm-hmm. very, very heavy on peat in the um, mixes. Yeah. So what, what should you do when you get them home? Because I find that they just deteriorate very quickly. Repot them. They're too, they're too dry or what? Yeah, so I should just bring them home and, and repot them then? Yes, absolutely. And especially um, especially so that your plants are more suited to how you like to look after them. Yeah. Whereas introducing you know new plants into your collection that have completely different uh, substrate than, you, than you're used to growing with, you can definitely yeah. expect to see a difference in how they respond to the same amount of care. Now, Nikki, mm. on, on that note, I don't know if you've experienced this, Jan, but sometimes when we unpot them, mm. we find that there's a little plug uh, that yes. they were initially grown in. Yes. Which maybe you'd like to explain that because that's a, a yeah. common uh, occurrence. Yes, and it's a very controversial I think so. thing. Um, mm. So these these grow plugs, there are so many different materials that they can be made out of. And, of course, there are ones that are just, I mean, I don't understand why you would use them. Mm. But generally the ones that we find um, in a lot of our plants, especially a lot of the wholesalers around here, uh, the plugs tend to just be peat or they tend to be a bit of mesh wrapped around That's right. um, a little peat yeah. block. Uh, I... 
I personally don't have a problem with these. My problem is that these get put into pots way too large for them. Therefore, the roots don't actually properly grow through these um, the, the little peat things. Those things are actually designed to break down as the plant yeah. grows. Mm. But when it hasn't broken down, that's just a demonstration that this plant, whilst it's been grown, has not actually been given the optimal conditions and you know say in this case it's very clearly pot size and yeah mm. <clears throat> yes I've, I've really noticed that sometimes it can be so hard yes. to even break it away from the roots when you want to repot it and what have you so yeah it does help to um to wet a yeah. little bit yeah moisten it yes yeah. and um also yeah. there's no there's no need to get all of it off. Yeah, if, just if, sort of pluck away. That's what I yes, do. Yes, just yeah. so the lo the yeah. uh, roots have some looseness mm, and the, they've mm. got the ability to move away from the plug. So from there, just go into a good indoor-type potting mix. Absolutely, nice. a nice it's airy potting thing. mix. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, good. Well, thanks for that, Lynn. Thank you. No thanks, problem. Jan. Thank you. Very interesting what you've been talking about. Thank you. Cheers <laughs> for that. Bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to Hocking, talking about a fig tree. Hi, Derek, how are you? Uh, morning, ladies. Yes, um, uh, we have a um, fig tree that's in a pot. It's only about 170 centimetres uh, high, but it um, grows in a nice uh, growth of leaves, then the leaves drop off. It's not had any fruit for a couple of years, and I'm thinking perhaps that it's root-bound, perhaps. Oh, I would think so. If it's a, a fruiting type of fig, mm. it probably needs a bigger pot because they can get very big as yes. trees. Uh, if yes. if you want to keep it in the pot, you need to take it out of the one it's in, either go to the next size pot or um, trim the roots and put it back into the same pot with fresh potting mix. You can cut them back very hard mm -hmm. each year yes. and they will put on new growth and, and fruit. But it sounds like it's just, yeah, exhausted the size of the pot and Absolutely. it's probably hungry and thirsty as well. Yeah, and um, a, a very clear sign of um, things needing to be repotted as well is when you start losing your lower leaves for every new leaf that's growing or unfurling, that's generally a sign that it's time to repot. Yeah, so it just drops a lot in one heap. So um, um, I'll take it that uh, I need to go to Bunnings. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Permission much, granted, uh, Derek. No shopping. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, bye. Cheers, Derek. Okay, we shall return. A lifetime of music, Cartoon Radio. Fine. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest in the studio, Nikki Waters from Gold Leaf Greenhouse. And we've been having a lovely chat about indoor plants and lots more questions uh, to go as well. Now, uh, Nissa emailed us and she was interested in the Gardening Australia panel at the Kalamunda Garden Festival Sunday week. How you get a ticket? Well, you just got to get onto their website or they've got a Facebook page, the Kalamunda Garden Show. Just Google it and uh, navigate your way through there, Nissa, and uh, get your ticket. That's if, secure if you your ticket that way. type in Kalamunda Garden Festival panel, panel. it will also okay. take you straight the area. There. And, of course, that is on next weekend, mm. uh, Sunday the 19th, running from 10 to 3 at Sturk Park. Sunday the 3rd. Third. It's the 19th event. 
<laughs> yes. Right. The 3rd of December. Stop confusing me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's go to Byford. Hazel, hi. Morning, Hello. Hazel. Can Hello. you hear us? Yes. All right, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm w- wondering what's happening to my um, passion fruits. I've got two really healthy passion fruits. They've been in the um, ground for two years. Last year I had two or three p- uh, fruit. This year I've got heaps and heaps of flowers. And as soon as the flowers, you know, after a day or so, they just drop off. Mm. And, you know, I just wonder why, because they're so healthy. Okay. Um, yeah. I wonder if it's temperature related, like they've dried out quickly with the heat and the winds that we've had. Mm. Um, well, you... I, I water them mo- uh, morning and evening. All right. I don't think it's the water. Um, nothing else is uh, struggling in the garden, but they're, they're so healthy and I've got heaps of flowers and, you know, I just can't work it out. Why? All right. The other thing you can do is give them some potassium or sulfate of potash. That will help yeah, them. <laughs> well, I've so you've that. done that already? Yeah, I've got really, it, the plants are really healthy and, you know, bushy and, yeah, I, I think I've done everything. I've done. I'm just hoping, I suppose, that um, after a while they stop dropping off and decide to make fruit. You could get out there early in the morning with a paintbrush and just uh, spread the love. Take pollen from one to another. That would help. That will help to ensure that they are pollinated. Uh, the, okay. the bees and insects would normally do it. I, I'm not sure if the weather this week has had an impact. So mm. getting up to yeah. around 40 degrees and the wind, if and the plant flowers. doesn't think it can take something through through to maturity, it will drop. Uh, yeah. So okay. we, you just might have to wait until this period of extreme weather is over and things get back into routine. But keep up the moisture. I would think a deep watering, you don't need to do it morning and night, a good soaking even every couple of days would be more than enough. Deep water. Yes. Yeah, deep watering, yeah. Okay. Yep. So mulch will help with that too. Yeah, lovely. I'm sure it will happen. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much. I enjoy your show. Thanks, Thanks Hazel. Hazel. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. And let's go to Bennett Springs and talk about an almond tree. Kevin, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. That's good. Kevin, how can we help you? Uh, we've got a juvenile almond tree, about two-year-old, and it's uh, losing its... The leaves are browning, and we just want to know why. Is there something that we're actually doing wrong, something like that? Uh, it is still quite a young tree. It could be to do with the extreme temperatures mm. and winds that we've been having the last few days. And they require a lot of water, don't they? Well, the, Fruit, fruit yeah, trees and nut trees mm. do, mm. yes. Um, check your, check yeah, your soil. Of course, you yeah. know, you've probably heard me talk about adding clay and compost to the soil, uh, manures, giving it a layer of mulch. So just making sure that the water is getting in and staying into that mm. root zone. Um, you know, as, as a garden matures, you tend to have more... Um, more protection around more of a microclimate so that can help 
buffer against the winds uh, and reflective heat is a big issue too. So depending on the location. Yep. Well, it's located in the shade house. Uh, we water it like once a day for about up to you know, 10 second count pretty much. And um, we mulch, we do all that. I actually make my own soils up. I, I go and buy the, the bags and different compost for different things that I plant. So, and um, trees, the fertilisers we get, we put in there. We've I've just done a slow release on them, so basically that's going to help with the hope. Uh, it sounds like it's getting almost too much love, mm. Kevin. And an almond tree would, you know, when it's established, do quite well outside of a shade house. In full well, it sun. Is, yeah. It is in full sun. It's next to our shade house. So um, we've got like a um, thing that we're going to put fruit fly netting over. Right. For our okay. fruit trees. Um, so it is exposed to the sun most of the day. Oh. Is it drying it's out at all? Day. No, it's not because we've got the mulch on top and we're, I'm watering it in the morning when I first get up about the count of 10 seconds. Is yeah. it in a pot or in the ground? No, it's in a big pot. I all right, just um It's probably in about a sixty litre pot. All right. I just wonder if your potting mix has dried out at some point. So adding a, a liquid wetting agent or even yeah. yep. I, it's probably too big to sit in a bucket because if you've got a pot that's not taking in water or the water's just draining out, if you put it into a big bucket and soak it, you can actually see the bubbles come up. And you might have to re-wet the potting mix. Okay, well, the potting mix should be generally pretty wet because we put wetting agent through it. We put uh, dyna, uh, um, uh, what's it called, um, soil improver through it. We put um, the mulch. We put worm castings through it. We put compost through it, and then we put the mulch on top. The mulch on top of the plant around thing, except moving space around where the branches and uh, the tree trunk is. Have you by any chance um, had an opportunity to check the pH level that the soil... I would no idea how you do that. Um, from Bunnings, you can get little... Uh, kits. Kits. Mm. And um, it it really wouldn't hurt, especially with, um, with such a juvenile ar- almond tree, to actually check what the appropriate pH levels would be um, for such a plant. Uh, just because it sounds like from all of the applications and... Um, all of the things that you guys are doing for the plant, it sounds like maybe it's time just to check that pH level to see if it needs to be adjusted or balanced. Okay, because it does actually have one fully grown almond on it and the others are sort of shriveled. Mm. I, it's such a young tree, I'd yeah. be taking the fruit off. It's taking the energy out of the tree itself. What you want to do is establish a young tree. So when should they normally start fruiting? At what age? Well, they're well. It, it'll fruit now, but because it's a young tree, I would let it put its energy into the tree, establishing get a healthy looking tree before you, you know, yeah. try and get any yeah, almonds fruit. off and it. Sacrifice. What we like to do with the fruit trees? The first year they start fruiting, we tackle the fruit off. Yep. Yes. All right, fantastic. Thank no, you, ladies. No worries. Thank you very much for that. Okay. All right, good, good luck. luck. Thank you. Have a nice day. Keep up the great show. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, we shall return. Curtain Radio. And we have five minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening remaining, and today's program is sponsored by Safety Bay Settlements, settling and transferring properties across WA since 1977.
Okay, I shall let you wrap up a bit, Faye. All right, we've got a couple of emails that have come in. So Jan in Valdivis has a beautiful yellow flowering jasmine, climbing beauty. She's had it for a number of years and the foliage is very healthy. It's growing against a fence, but she'd like more flowers. She's fertilised and used seesaw. Well, sometimes when we fertilise, if we don't use a, a fertiliser for flowering and fruiting plants, we get a lot of healthy growth. The nitrogen goes into the leaves at the expense of the flowers. This is why it's important to use a fertilizer designed for flowering plants. And, you know, you'd use that a couple of times a year. I would tend to do it in spring and again in autumn. If you want to use a liquid, you could do it as a foliar feed, not on really hot days but you could go half strength and pour that over the leaves. And the benefit of a liquid feed is that the plants take it up straight away. So it can it can give it quite a quick boost. So something like Thrive, Power Feed or Aquasol, something along those lines mm. Would, mm. would and can help. Okay. Um, a lot of triggers are weather-related and so 40-degree weather is a bit of an exception to the rules so don't expect too much from your gardens other mm. than trying to keep them alive robin would like to know the name of the product for the fungus gnats and that was diatomaceous earth so d-i-a-t-o-m-a-c-e-o-u-s and that is a um, silicon type product that breaks down the exoskeletons of insects critters okay we've also got an email uh what is the best way to backfill these beds and this is uh some raised beds crikey um looks like it's in a backyard you've got to be really careful on one side is a fence and you can't use a fence as a retaining wall uh if if the fence ends up being pushed over, you are responsible because you've put the weight against it. You really need some sort of barrier along the fence line and also on on the brick wall, I think. Otherwise, you may end up with moisture in the wall. So maybe even consider lining the beds with something that will contain the roots but allow the drainage through. Uh, should I start with some sort of crushed rock to help with the drainage and cost this is this is probably one that i need to answer by email because mm. mm -hmm. um, it, it is a bit complex and i'd like to do my best job on that so mm -hmm. i'll leave that for now and i'll answer by email okay i have one question left for you nikki what? variegated plants how do we stop the variegation the white aspect sometimes whites you know there's variegation of different colors of course mm. from browning Okay, so um, when the white, so essentially what variegation is, it's a damage or mutation in the layers of the leaf. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? I've completely forgotten what I was talking about. <laughs> the white, the white in the leaf so going sorry. brown. Completely. Is it humidity related? Um, yes, so it can also be humidity related. And lack of photosynthesis. Yes, but funnily enough, you'd think that the more white it has, the more bright indirect light it would want. 
but that's actually only true to a certain point. Uh, if you give it too much light, it can actually also force it the other way, whereas it's trying to work too hard, but it's not actually doing anything. Um, and so the best kind of lighting condition for it would be morning sun, really, like almost direct morning sun, but then completely protected sun for the rest of the day. And that should keep the uh, the variegation white. Okay. Okay. That's very helpful. Look, um, you've had a hard morning, young lady, um, <laughs> having to, she had to run to the radio station uh, from her broken down car in this heat. We thank you so much for the information for that you have them. imparted. Now, if anyone would like to get in contact with you, how do they do that? Um, on Facebook, uh, Goldleaf Greenhouse or Goldleaf Landscaping. Okay. And, of course, we'll see you at the Kalamunda Garden Festival. I will be visiting this time. Oh, we yeah. won't um, have a stall this time, but next time, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very, very much thank for your you. time, young lady. We very much appreciate it. And I need to thank... Margaret Jacobson for jumping in this morning. Thank you very much, love. And, of course, our very own John Glidden for Akara. Thank you as well. My gardenism for the morning is gardening helps you slow down. When you slow down, you feel. When you feel, you heal. When you heal, you grow. Oh, I, I don't know about that. I stole <laughs> it. I stole that from Andrea Whiteley. Mm -hmm. George Minoldi is up next with a classic 60s keep called Look After Yourself, Your Garden, Your Animals. And uh, we'll be chatting with you next Saturday. Happy gardening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.